0: Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Imposter syndrome, that feeling of self-doubt in career or life is something many experience, even at the top of their game. But learning how to manage it, harness its power and use it to help make a great leader, is something Prue Cook knows a lot about. Whether it's as a specialist communicator with government, the Birchip Cropping Group, or now as director at Nine Creeks Consulting, or during her roles on committees and boards like the VFF Grains Group and GRDC Southern Region Panel, this well-respected member of the Wimmera community is here to share with you and me, Caroline Winter, how everyone has something to offer in a leadership role. Prue Cook, thank you for joining me in the Ag Vic Talk studio.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: What do you love most about living in a rural community? There's
1: a lot that I enjoy about it. The sense of community, I know my neighbors, I'm close to my family. The opportunity, there's, you know, I love living and working in agriculture and I think it's great to be able to do that when you're actually in amongst a farming community. I spent a couple of years working in Canberra and my manager at the time realized that if I didn't get out in the paddock talking to farmers on a semi-regular basis, I went a little bit potty. So I think I'm definitely a country girl. I also so, you know i talk to city friends and they're like what do you do out there and to be honest i i then ask well what do you do in melbourne and really i actually think that i probably got a lot more that i'm actually doing than a lot of city friends just maybe not dining out as often which is is not too
0: bad on both the hip pocket and the waistline indeed do you have a favorite memory of your time growing up on the family farm at diaper
1: I feel really lucky, I, I, you know, really privileged that I get to grow up on a farm. I love the, the grounding that it gives you and the ability to get home and have, you know, a pony meet you at the driveway and the adventures that I'd go on with my brother and sister. But I think growing up on a farm gives you that real connectedness to the land, but also, you know, an understanding of, of life and death and a lot of responsibilities as well, too. I think, you know, my father certainly instilled, a you know, a bit of a work ethic. You, you go until the job's done. Um, so there's a lot to love about growing up on a family farm.
0: Let's talk about your role in leadership. Did you always have aspirations of being a leader?
1: Look no no and I think a lot of it comes down with how you know what we traditionally think of when we think of the term what is a leader and I think you know growing up you would think well it's a prime minister or it's a CEO or it's uh, someone in the military and you know as a, as a young girl growing up most of those roles were held by men but I suppose as I've got older I've realized that leadership takes on a, a lot of forms and it's not just the person who's up there standing but it's the person Who's you know willing to drive change and make decisions and coordinate people and um, so I personally have goals for getting stuff done that is useful. It's to a high standard and I'm always looking at how we can be improving things. So I've realised as I've got older that they are actually leadership qualities. So I really focus on you know being practical, professional and progressive, and uh, they are things that I can help lead whether it be a project or a community group or a board they're things that I can all do to help uh, lead and coordinate and help
0: progress. And how did you find yourself in your first leadership position and, and how did you feel at that time?
1: Uh, I suppose if I think from a professional perspective, my first leadership in terms of a representative role was sitting on the Victorian Farmers Federation Grains Council as their council representative for the West Wimmera. And how did I feel? I I didn't want to do it. Um, I I think when I was first asked, I was terrified. My first response was, there will be people better qualified than myself, I was concerned about the fact that I wasn't a farmer, I thought I certainly didn't know enough about trucks to be on the BFF Grains Council and uh, i think there was a lot of cajoling involved in getting me to uh, you know sign up in the first place but i'm so glad that they proceeded in encouraging me to do that and taking up that role because once i did get there i realized well it's not important that i don't know anything about trucks because, you know, there was a lot of council representatives who did have that knowledge. What I brought um, that perhaps wasn't sitting around the table was an understanding in communications and understanding of membership organisations and an understanding, um, you know, my my professional area is around extension and farmer practice change. Uh, So that was some of the stuff that I brought in. And, you know, I realised that you don't need to know everything, but, you know, you need to have a point of difference that you can contribute. And so I sat on that Grains Council for two years and thoroughly enjoyed it and learned a lot.
0: As you point out, you brought uh, some of those skills to the table uh, and have since gone on in a leadership role in other organisations. So what skills have you developed to help you in those other roles? So
1: I think being in the roles allows you to hone further the skills that you already bring to the table. So that's, in my case, that's uh, extension and adoption and understanding of human behaviour. I've been told that I ask really good questions as well too and I think that's something that to remember going into these roles is that you don't need to have all the answers but if you can ask good questions that encourage people to think then you can all work collectively to be able to come to good responses. I think that the skills that I have developed um, and that I think are important and that I'm constantly striving to try and understand a bit better are interpreting financial statements and how they can be used to monitor financial performance. uh, That's one that I'm a bit nervous about because obviously as a young girl growing up finances were not really something or money was not really something that was pushed on me. So that's something that I'm, you know, striving to understand a lot better as I get older. And I think that's particularly important in any representative role where you are making decisions about and responsible for money. Um, And the other thing is about understanding risks being faced by the organisations and overseeing risk management processes. I think that's another thing to be aware of that when you are putting your hand up for leadership positions that you are taking on a certain level of responsibility. And I think it's very important to be aware of what that responsibility is, um, making sure you understand that appropriately and that you're aware of any consequences that might arise from that to both yourself and the
0: organisation that you're representing. It certainly sounds like you've grown in your roles in a leadership position, as many people do. Was there ever a feeling of imposter syndrome or did you back yourself the whole time? I I still have imposter syndrome
1: all the time, all the time. Um, I I think, yeah... uh, you know, and you speak to a lot of people that it's it's the same. Um, I've had, you know, some some very good advice over the years though and one piece early on, in you know, in my career was just because you're finding something easy doesn't mean that everybody else does, so latch on to that. The other thing was as well too is, you know, say something with confidence and people will believe you. So there are a couple of bits that I latch on but that imposter syndrome is absolutely rife and I still face it very regularly. You know, I have it... Every day, even now, when people will ask me to take on a piece of work or step into a particular role, usually my first response is, oh, I can't do that. It's the same with the VFF Grains Council. There would be someone better qualified. I, I don't think I'm up to it, but I'm a lot better at going, okay, that's my automatic response. It's what my next response to that is that's going to be important.
0: You've named some of these up already, but what attributes and skills do you think make a great leader and more specifically a great rural female leader in the agriculture space?
1: It depends on what the role is and also defining what works best for you as well, too. From my perspective, you know, I think authenticity is very important. In a chair, I really look for someone who's consultative and who's able to ensure that everyone around the table gets a good opportunity to have their say. I think being able to engage with and uh, represent the people that you're there to represent is really important. Uh, so good stakeholder engagement, being able to talk to the people who are going to be affected by the decisions that you make. And I think good organisational skills and keeping to time, recognising that often you know people who are stepping into these roles are busy with modern work environments and family environments. It's harder and harder to get people to put their hand up, to volunteer for any position, whether it be at the local sports club right through to, you know, board levels. And if people are going to put their hand up, you've got to make sure that it's worth their time. So I think to be able to stick to the timeframes and be able to deliver outcomes, I think that's really important. I talk to a lot of, um, you know, younger people who are interested in leadership and they say look you know they're just talk fests it wastes a lot of time and it's usually evenings when I should be with the kids Um, if we haven't got those structures right where you know people are going to be able to be efficient and get stuff done that drives positive change um, then you're really going to struggle to engage the next gen of leaders particularly in regional areas where there's so much stuff that needs to happen a lot of it's reliant on volunteers and um, volunteers are really stretched
0: Have you had any role models who were leaders that you've looked up to along the way? And if so, what was the most important thing you you learnt from them? There's a lot of people
1: that I look up to and I think that's uh, something that I'm really mindful of is to continually work with and surround myself with people who I want to learn from, whose leadership styles I admire, but also recognising that that's a particular style that elements of it may and may not work for me. So some of the things that I really have admired and some of the people that I still gravitate to throughout my whole career is the ability to understand your strengths and weaknesses and surround yourself with people that complement your skills and perhaps buffer you a bit in your weaknesses because nobody can be good at everything. We often tend to want to surround ourselves with people who think and act like ourselves because that's familiar, there's less conflict. But when you can actually surround yourself with people who bolster you up in the areas that you're not particularly strong in Again, everyone gets a better result. There's broader representation. You're covering a lot more bases. So I think being open and honest about what you're good at, what you're not so good at, and trying to surround yourself with people who can complement you in the areas you're not so strong with is uh, something that I've seen in uh, some people that I look up to that I think is something that I admire.
0: Now, you've been selected as part of the 2021 National Farmers Federation Diversity in Agriculture Leadership Program. What's that all about and what is it that you're looking forward to getting out of it? The Diversity and Ag Leadership Program is now, I think this is the fourth
1: year that it's been running. And we've just recently had a two-day retreat, which was the first part of the program in Canberra. From that, we then have three months of intensive mentoring where we're paired up with an industry mentor. My mentor is Stephen Brown from Rural Bank. And then we finish up at the NFF conference in September the premise behind this particular program is Fiona Simpson, who is the first female president of the National Farmers Federation, realised that she also doesn't want to be the last female president of the National Farmers Federation. And so this program is about encouraging and facilitating more female leaders in agriculture. And I do believe NFF has set the target of having 50-50 female representation in Australian agriculture by 2030. So that initial retreat that we had in Canberra, it was absolutely brilliant. We did some amazing workshops with a number of female leaders. A standout for me was with Kathy McGowan, who was talking to us about grassroots advocacy at a regional level and also engaging with and influencing uh, politics. And we got to spend some time at Parliament House meeting with politicians and meeting with a lot of public servants and discussing journeys into leaderships, building personal brand. It was absolutely fantastic. I think the key things that I'm looking forward to taking away from the course uh, one is confidence and that comes to the back to the question that you asked me about imposter syndrome I think that's something that I'm always going to have to contend with but uh, you know having a few more skills in your back pocket and uh, you know having heard from some amazing women can actually help put your hand up a little bit quicker further down the track so confidence networks um, and I think I was you know just blown away in Canberra by how willing everybody was to help out in our journeys to strive for leadership within our communities and our industries. And that was not just the people that presented to us and that we met with, but also the other uh, women involved in the course. And the last thing that I'm looking for out of it is inspiration. And uh, that was sort of coming through in spades. There's uh, women on the course from Broome down to Tasmania and everywhere in between who um, do some pretty amazing things in their sectors and in their communities. And the people that we met with had some really amazing stories about what they've done and what they've overcome to get into leadership positions. So I think confidence, networks and inspiration are definitely things that I'm going to take away from involvement in this program.
0: If our listeners are looking at taking on a leadership role or have found themselves in a place of leadership for the first time, what piece of advice would you give them?
1: So be authentic. Um, Find a style of leadership that works for you and don't feel like you have to do certain things that don't feel right to you just because you think that's the way that it should be done. And when you're going into a particular role, Go in with these are the three things that I bring to the table, recognising that you don't have to know everything. And then also make sure you think about three things that you want to get out of being involved as well too. And I think that's the bit that we often forget. You know, you're often doing this because you want to get something out of it personally or, um, you know, for your community. So for me, you know, the three things that I usually go in with are I want to be able to uh, drive change and do innovative work. I want to be able to work with or alongside people who I can learn from. And I also want to build or maintain my industry profile and don't be afraid to walk away if things aren't working for you as well too, if you know you're, things aren't gelling with you. I mean, remember that your time is really important and you're often putting your hand up to do this stuff on top of your job, your family. Regional communities are really heavily reliant on volunteers. If stuff's not getting done or if it's not working out for you, don't be afraid to walk away.
0: Prue Cook, you've given some great insights into being a rural female leader. Thanks for joining me in the Ag Vic Talk studio. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Ag Vic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.